So what is the best or worst part of spring cleanup? What is the spring cleanup thing of which you talk? Oh, well, we were talking home ownership in pre-show. And you so when, if you if you own a home and you go through a long winter, things just kind of both inside and outside the house kind of need a spring cleanup when it gets warmer out. There's a wonderful app called TaskRabbit. Y'all, y'all ever heard of it? No. No. Yeah, TaskRabbit, where you get on and you can pay people, anybody, to come and do anything at your home. Mm. So they'll come. Anything, Ogan. There's there's TaskRabbit, and then there's like the dark Welcome to episode 194 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint to fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. That good brew might be one of these Pub Theology Live pint glasses we still got some how many we got left like i don't know several we have several and i owe somebody an apology because i owe them a pint glass all right that's a big apology so i'll send you two (laughs) if you're that somebody who hasn't gotten your glass yet i'm so sorry there's your apology there's your apology but you can get one of these on us all you need to do is donate 25 dollars or more to nokidhungry.org to help feed families around the country who are still struggling um, during this time of pandemic. Um, Send us proof of your donation, $25 or more, and we will send you one of these free. We pay for shipping. We cover it all. That's our thank you for being good people, being generous people. $25 or more, nokidhungry.org. Help us feed some hungry families. Thank you. Actually, if I owe you a pint glass and your name is Loretta, we need your address, please. Oh, that's my pe- that's my friend. I'll, I'll get that for you. Thank you. All right. Um, I knew there was a reason I hadn't sent it, <laughs> but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> okay. That's good All right. Time. So this week we're talking about spring cleanups, Justin Bieber, police violence, and a prayer of a weary black woman. So what are we drinking today? Ogan, what are you drinking today? Um, I'm still making my way through these uh, Midas Touch Ancient Ale from a uh, Dogfish Head. It's kind of, yeah, kind of like a what do you, what do you, what do you call it? The uh, mead, sort of a beer mead, sort of something, somewhere between wine and mead. They say, nice. Uh, so that's what it is. It's it's a nice strong nine percent. Um, so yeah, and I haven't had much to eat all day, so this is gonna be great. That's gonna It'll be fun. Be- Ale brewed with honey, grapes, and saffron. Oh, saffron. Yeah. What do you have? Oh, I'm drinking. Um, I didn't get to the store to get a new beer. So I'm drinking craft uh, union craft brewings, um, Mountain Girl Hefeweizen, which is my favorite summer. And I might just have two. I'm not going to lie. Um, so <laughs> don't lie about it. Yeah. You have to. I painted, I painted half my house today and I have a paper to write tonight. So I just need the, the juices to flow. 
Perfect. <laughs> what are you drinking, Brian? I am drinking uh, the Widowmaker from Keweenaw Brewing Company. Ooh, that does not sound good. And let me read the description. Uh, <laughs> easy on the hops and easy on the palate. A light-bodied ale with hints of smoky molasses and a surprising depth of malt flavors. Uh, this is brewed up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and it's named after the Widowmaker, an early pneumatic drill without benefit of dust suppression introduced to the copper mines in the 1890s, which contributed greatly to the mortality of miners because of all the dust they were breathing in. So you can have a good brew and not get any dust, and it's a nod to those who didn't have the benefit of proper ventilation. Learn some history at the same time. There you go. So what is the best or worst part of spring cleanup? What is the spring cleanup thing of which you talk? Oh, well, we were talking home ownership in pre-show. And we so when, if you if you own a home and you go through a long winter, things just kind of both inside and outside the house kind of need a spring cleanup when it gets warmer out. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. fair to this say, way. Shannon? This is, why, it is. this is why rent or slash seagull. <laughs> well, okay, because in the winter, even if there's a blue sky, there's this feeling of like cold and grayness, right? Yeah. Even if it's That's pretty right. out in, in all the ways. And so then you go outside in the spring, like we cleared off our patio. So the benefit of clearing off the patio is now we can sit outside and we yeah. have a shade thing that we pull down every year so it doesn't rip out of our, the snow doesn't rip it out of the, you know, side of the house. And we put that back up and we put our lights back up. So last night we had dinner outside and it was lovely. The bad part of spring cleanup is like, it's never done. <laughs> yeah, a Saturday is not enough. It's it's a Saturday you do nothing. Like like you just, and then, and then you, once something's clean, you see the other things that aren't clean. Yes. And, and it just, it home, feels impossible. It's why home ownership is overrated because honestly, you, you put all this work and labor in and by the time you get to the point where you can truly enjoy the benefits of your house accruing value, you're either too old or too tired. Yeah. But, uh, but I, this, some of this stuff isn't just ownership. This is, kids have a lot of stuff. and let them, let them clean their own stuff. No, it's not about, like, I think we've talked about this before, but we're still in that transition, right? Our kids are eight mm -hmm. to 13 yeah. and there's this transition of toys and transition gotcha. of clothes. And yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, there's stuff everywhere. There's a lot of things. Like there, yeah. I just feel like there's stuff piled everywhere in our house and it's not, it feels like being unorganized or messy, but it's just not, it's just there's the accumulation stuff. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And for exhaustion. us, the for us, the garage is the thing that uh, get, needs a real spring cleanup because we did some, you know, home remodeling last fall, and so our garage is just full of like saws and wood and trim pieces and stuff like that. So you know, when it's warm out, you feel like you can finally open it up, pull it all out, figure out what needs to be pitched, what needs to be organized. You can dust off the grill and get that out. Yeah. So that's a positive. And then you yeah. realize how gross the grill is, and you debate. <laughs> whether you want to buy all new parts or whether you want to get a new grill and then you just end up using it like it is and just eating last year's whatever left over on it. And yeah, you give it a little, you know, a day. give it a you little, know. I mean, you scrape, scrape it off, off but you, you know. scrape it off and, and call it there's good. A, there's a wonderful app called TaskRabbit. Y'all ever heard of it? No. Yeah. You know, TaskRabbit where you get on and you can pay people, anybody to come and do 
anything at your home. Mm. So they'll come. Anything, come Ogan. <laughs> there's there's Task Rabbit, and then there's like the dark Task Rabbit. The, 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 uh, and then there's the, the Playboy Task the Rabbit. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The Play Bunny. Um, but but there's a yeah wonderful like when you gotta you know you need to move a piano from one nice. room to another. You wanna you know get some painting done. There's people out there who do it for nominal amounts. Of- oh, you tell me now we moved a piano today. Well, hey, you didn't ask. There were no rabbits to help. That's rabbit. good though, because like you know, I work with a lot of older people that need help like that, and they can't always find it. Exactly, exactly. You know, that is Handy- good to know. Yeah, hire handyman. Anything. Uh, now, is, a- is that regionally based though? Like, do, every town doesn't have like people signing up on TaskRabbit. Oh yeah, or- you can get it anywhere. Really? I don't think, how y'all not heard of TaskRabbit? That's I've never it's a, heard it's of this. Great, see, this this is what happens when you when you're a lazy man, right? You just look for <laughs> any reasons, any ways to get see, out of the door. Okay, work. and in a lot of ways, our household is reversed in terms of like typical gender role things because I'm uh-huh. the builder and Derek's the gardener, and right. so like I look at something and I'm like, well, I can do that myself. Why would I pay somebody? And, and then I never do like, I, we have a side of the fence that's needed repair forever. And like, I tried to do it today and I'll do, I'll end up doing it Wednesday. But like, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like this would take me two hours and I just haven't done it for years. Yeah. So at our house, Christy's the builder and the gardener. I'm not really sure what I do. I was going to say, what do you say? What do you do? I think honestly, this is bring the big paycheck home. (laughs) (laughs) This is this actually is uh, an interesting I've realized over the years. um, uh, What do you call it? Like like side result of of the grief experience because when one's mm. grieving one's so tired all the time all the time yeah, yeah, yeah all the time and stuff needs to get done and and i was never a handyman sort of person to begin with like that's right. just you know i grew up a, mu- a musician and an intellectual like clearly dropped the intellectual part of it you know the musician's <laughs> parts fade in but the point was like i didn't i didn't learn these things you know from my dad or anyone else and uh so i was like well if i need this done you know who you know how who who do i hire for this sort of deal and that's that's how i found found the app but it was all honestly just the exhaustion of like you know i have some free time all i want to do is rest i don't i don't want to i don't want to put more personal work on my schedule or on my agenda i want someone to come in and do the clean sweep thing with me where then we just take everything out of the house and we go keep sell toss yes and like then we put it all back i don't need you to like redo my house i just need like i i just need somebody to sit there with me while i do it that sounds amazing to help you make the decisions of what to just i just need just some I just need some help to do. I won't do it on my own. I clearly haven't done it on my own. <laughs> like clearly, but like somebody just take a closet and be like, you and I are gonna take this closet out and just go, do you want to keep this? Do you want to do whatever? And like I'll do it too, but just be with me during yeah, the you process. need a teammate because it's so daunting otherwise. Exactly. And you get so overwhelmed. And then I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then you want to just put you, it all And then the you just throw pile. it all away and then you yeah. regret it. <laughs> like anyway. Oh, if you don't if you don't mind doing it over Zoom, I will gladly tell you what stuff to grow. <laughs> I just sit here. You'll sit there well, with your mead and say, keep pitch. Yeah, keep exactly. Pitch. I know. I was gonna say, exactly. so we did have a friend that lived in DC that was a for Enneagram people, she was an Enneagram one. 
and mm. like love to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, and like, I was so desperate. And I was like, Sarah, Diane, please, can you come up a day? And she was like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh my God, I don't, what did I just do? And, but it was great. It was really, really great. And then it, the problem is, is like they, we got like six bins down to one and everything else put away, but that one bin is still sitting there because it's just stuff I had to deal with. So I put it behind the couch. My my yeah, this this last move that I made, we had six like those big plastic storage bins of Christmas decorations that we six been, six. Whoa. I have that two we've been, that we've been carting around for for <laughs> years. Now you need to understand these are like Three. some of these some of these are decorations that Jennifer made when she was a kid, right? Sure. Uh, you know, of course, the, the first one Joy made in preschool, like yep. like you know all that stuff still there every year. As a family, we brought an or a new ornament to commemorate the year. You know that was one of our, our family rituals. <clears throat> we had yeah stockings for the for the dogs. Like I mean, we had six bins. This last Christmas, basically being on my own, I took the minimalist approach. And when Joy came for Thanksgiving, I said, "All right, I'm just gonna put out a few things. Come, you know, come help me before you leave. What are, what are the most meaningful things to you? Let's just put out a few things. And then we did that. Then she left. And I was like, okay, I'm moving. And I just want to get these six bins down to one. So of all the stuff that we put out, what do, what do you want us to hold on to? And what can we get rid of? Right. What are, what are you really emotionally invested in and attached to? Um, and, and we got down, we, I mean, one of the bins, just one of the bins was like Christmas lights, right. of which maybe three quarters of them weren't working. Right. <laughs> right. Those like one day I'm going to sit down and get the fuse and find out which bulb's broken. And every year you just buy more lights. That I have given up on. Cause it's, cause it's cheaper. Right. So, yeah. so that sort of deal, but, yep. but a lot of, a lot of this is, is the emotion around it and, and, um, what things might signify. And then there's the 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 anticipation of regret if I'm throwing out something that I might need later, sort sort of deal. Um, and and we all we all suffer from that, I think. But uh, you know, it was really refreshing again this last move to be. Um, this this is the least amount of stuff I've ever um, moved with or owned. And I look back and go like, when I graduated from college, everything I owned could fit in one car. Right. And now now it's got to take a moving truck. And it's just my stuff. Like Joy's <laughs> already gone with all of her stuff. Now now I still need a moving truck. I'm like, why do I still have this much stuff? Yeah, it's amazing. It. it is. I mean, I, I blame a lot of it on the kids, but it's a lot of our stuff too. Like it's right. just not, you know, whatever. But well, anyway, I think just to end the best part for me, that considered spring cleanup is getting outside when it's nice and you yeah. still you just that to me is i think that's why you start to clean up is because you want to go outside and you can't because it's dirty and gross and you know what <laughs> <laughs> so um justin bieber's latest album freedom i'm a believer <laughs> no i'm not really is his most explicitly religious album yet and he posted a Jesus Rose from the Dead limited edition pink hoodie on his Instagram on Easter morning. Do high profile artists who become Christian like Bieber help or hurt public perception of the faith? Yes. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not a whatever. Believer. 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 Thank yeah. you. Um, 
did he recently become Christian? Like what's, I don't know. Oh, so, so did he grow up evangelical? He always has been. Did he recently convert? What's so he was affiliated with, with, uh, that dude, Carl Lentz and, and, and that, uh, he was, he was very in, uh, the New York, New Jersey church when he lived over there, he was, he was big in the Hills song, um, that apparently helped him, you know, because when he first got into fame as a kid and then he got older and then he sort of was like going off the, the rails a little bit. And, uh, and supposedly um, his connection with this this pastor, the celebrity pastor who was recently fired because of like misconduct as they right. as they do. Um, um, so and and of course, the moment that came out makes know, us all just, look bad, Justin, let's be honest. <laughs> Justin, Justin Bieber was like, Yeah, I'm not affiliated with them anymore, but anyways, so over the years, he's become, yes, a lot more um, religious leaning, um, professing his faith publicly. Him and his wife, whose name I forget, she's also he's married. Family. Oh, yeah, he's married, and, and this is just shows you how much I yeah, it's like, isn't he 16? I think it's I was gonna say, like in a, my mind, he's still 16. Right? <laughs> I think he's married, uh, isn't it one of the Baldwin daughters? I don't remember, but anyways, oh, so, yeah. Ireland. Um, what? anyway, anyways, I do so, know the Baldwin daughter, <laughs> so, anyways, um, so yes, he's been very, very um, vocal in his faith over the years even if his music didn't re, uh, reflect that um but now yes the music's the music's catching up with it. i i don't know i guess on instinct i would have a little bit of mixed feelings about it like you know when katie perry used to talk about her religious upbringing you know she was the child of ministers and you know her kind of coming into her own faith and understanding that the pop life and blah, 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 and she could do both. And I, I really appreciated that. And I did feel like that moved, enhanced the conversation of Christianity. Um, I, I Versus like what we talk about with Kanye West and like this whole other yeah. thing. And I'm not saying that Justin Bieber's doing either one. I just, on, on principle, and and yet, ugh. so um, just for those who care, and none of us really do, he's married yeah. to Haley Baldwin, who is his daughter, Stephen Baldwin. Mm. Oh, and he's like a big time evangelical. And he's a yes, huge... he is. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. So so here's my thing with a hurt or help, right? I think it helps from the point of view of. Um, you're you're exposing this message to uh, folks who normally may not have received it. One, and it's also kind of like um, um, a, a nice evolution of faith of Christianity. It's it's putting a new voice, a new face, a new uh, a, a new interpretation, a new understanding of it. I think when you know we just had that Pew survey that came out and is like for the first time, less than fifty percent of people are you know religious affiliated or going to church. Right. But we still have a lot of people who are interested, connected to faith and spirituality. And part of it is through vehicles like these. The the hurting part, you know, is that given the celebrity, the lifestyle, then that sort of has a, you know, a, a certain connotation of if you're doing faith right, this is how your life should look. 
right? We see this with yeah, the prosperity pastors. part. We talked about this with the shoes, the the, the yeah, so with the celebrity yeah. pastor shoes the other day, the pros the the prosperity gospel aspect of it, um, and also then because these are high highly visible celebrities when they have a failure in life as we all do because none of us are perfect then it really it really the 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 hypocrisy banner is flown really really we're supposed to be be a christian and look at what they're what they're doing and in that way it lends credence to the seeing all these people who are involved in the faith and so on they're no they're hypocrites they're no better than the rest of us this is why we don't need to get yeah. in church so and there's, and there's aspect both to it no i think that's right and the question for me is when does it switch from being like a secular artist who is a christian to someone who's doing quote-unquote christian music and i guess this is just from an article i read on this new album he's got a 316 like timestamp on the album cover like a john 316 reference he's got lyrics that go on the third day, yeah, you rose up and you beat death once for all, once and for all. He's got another one. We're in search of living water, too blind to see the Messiah. Like those sound like there's nothing subtle there, you know? Right. Listen, if, is... we, if we're going to talk about an artist doing something for Christianity, we got to talk about Lil Nas X. I mean, come on. Uh, well, and I mean, Chance the Rapper, you know, did that too. Like, and, and listen, this is where... I mean, as somebody who that that line between, especially in music, sacred and secular is very blurred for me, right? I have mm. felt the presence of God very deeply in what's considered secular music and very much reject some, if not a lot of what's considered sacred, like specifically modern Christian music, not so much, right. you know, officially sacred music, Um but we talk about this all the time in church because um, we've had various organists through the years and some of them were very traditional. And it's like, this is what um, we want church music. And they're playing, as long as it's classical, they consider it church music. And I'm like, there, there's still a difference actually, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like Bach actually was a church musician. So a lot of his music was written for church and had that secularness or sacredness to it. But, but Wagner. not, but Wagner did not, not so like, you know, like very much did not. Right. So there's this whole aspect that we've lost. We've lost, like, just because you put the stamp Christian on it doesn't mean it. Who was it? Mumford and Sons first album was the most Christian album I have ever listened to. And very much they reject that that's what it was, that it was a Christian music album. Right. And I, ultimately, all are, on some level, all musicians are singing their faith, whether it's over. 100%, right? Right. That's, that's what it is. I, I think it's hard to, I think it's hard to have that level of creative expression, whether it's music, art, poetry, whatever, and your faith isn't coming through. They're all, they're all one and the same. It's, 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 it's creativity and creativity is, is is a divine construct it's it's god yeah i think i mean to the question of does it help or hurt it depends on what he does with it right if yeah. this is this is what we come back to even if it's not a kind of christianity i myself would follow like what is he doing with it is he promoting a message of love and inclusion with it right. is he separating and dividing is and are the songs any good because bieber i mean i know you know <laughs> that's a real question 
But, you know, and, and there's also the question of, are they good within the style of music he's aiming for? Like, it may right. not be my thing, but it may right. be okay if you like that kind of music they versus just, it's quality. just bad quality. And there's always, I mean, again, in my mind, he's still 16 and I don't know exactly how old he is now, but I know he's not 16 anymore. That boy's not 16 anymore. And, I, and just one last thing before we move on. One, one yeah. comment I saw was that his his album name is Freedom and apparently one of the pastors who's, who like speaks on the album or has something in the foreword, like he's he's an evangelical who rejects LGBTQ as oh. you know, as being okay or as he, being again. included. And so then people are like, you know, what kind of freedom are you talking about if you don't have space for people who are gay, queer, et cetera? So yeah. there's again. also that issue. Lil Nas X. <laughs> well, and again, what are you doing with it, right? Yeah. That's, what are you doing with it? If it's something, that brings, yeah. By anyway, the way, say, say more Bieber, about that, Ogan, because I'm only tangentially related to like the shoe thing with Lil Nas uh, X. Okay, but. so first of all, uh, Justin Bieber, 27 years old. So oh. there's that. I'm still pretty young. I'm sorry, I'm getting old. No, that, that, I'm still that is pretty still, young. He is still pretty young, but how old <laughs> was he when he hit the music scene? Like 14. Like 14, or you know. Right? So yeah. it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah, He's been through ago. some stuff. So, all right. So Lil Nas X, um, as you know, Old Town Road, that phenomenal hit, which I still don't understand why it was which a phenomenal I hit. hate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing, but it did what it did, right? Right. So he recently came out with a song called Montero. And in this song, and mostly it's the video that upset all of Christendom, right? Because in the video, basically he um he goes down to hell on a stripper pole gives satan a lap dance then kills satan and takes over hell himself right right um, and there's all these different visages of of what satan looks like and represents so the whole premise of the song though was him saying i have finally found my freedom as a queer black man and the church has done nothing but harm me in my journey of becoming uh -huh. myself. Okay. So the okay. video came out and then the shoe thing came out Yeah, where he decided to make these shoes with supposedly a drop of blood in them and called them Satan shoes. And, and then Nike sued. And the hypocrisy of Nike suing was when that same company that made those devil shoes made the Jesus shoes with holy water. Nike said nothing. Right? right. So so right. so there was there was that whole thing and all of all of right wing Christianity's losing their mind over this. But when you talk about someone who is basically um, being clear about who he is and yeah. really calling out the harm that that, you know, some aspects of Christianity and church does to people in terms of their sense of self-worth and identity, I think he's doing more than Justin Bieber ever will. Uh, be, because of this well and isn't yeah. part of art the point of art to start a conversation mm -hmm. yes and, and to push some boundaries and to push some boundaries right, right. and yeah. so there's again there's i think there's um we don't we're so used to the marriage between country artists and christianity but like was it carrie underwood that just put out a mm -hmm. gospel album and i mean it some of it just I mean, she's a beautiful singer, but some like hearing some of those old hymns just makes my blood curdle. Like I just, I can't, I can't. 
Uh, it's hard, right? Wow. Like not, yeah. not all of these songs should be resurrected to put, be put out there. Right. I think it was nothing but the blood of Jesus. Like she's saying, oh. and I was like that, that shouldn't know. We need like to you combine that with Jesus take the wheel and it's like, oh, like, God, like driving right? and like, blood. And <laughs> I mean, it's just a car crash waiting to happen. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's a car crash that did happen. Uh, listener, listener, Tim says, uh, Hill, Hillsong has been leveraging celebrity for increasing their street cred and tides for a long time. Mm. And that is true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Hillsong, you know, they started out of Australia. They have these, these like just mega churches and, yes. and, and, and there've been numerous articles of how, yes, they cater to celebrities so much. And also that their pastors live like celebrities. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, with yep. the brand. Oh, yep. Exactly. Exactly. So switching to a, a much, um, harder subject on sunday 20 year old dante wright was pulled over by police in minneapolis suburb for having too many air fresheners on his rearview mirror a deter after determining that he had an outstanding warrant the police intended to arrested him wright got back into his car and was shot and killed by the police wright of course was a black man discuss the ramifications of race on this scene and what it will take to end the epidemic of police violence on black people in the United States. Um, so quite so, an easy question, Brian, yeah. thank you. <laughs> there you go, right after Justin Bieber too. Um, so so we should do our due diligence um, and and update the facts around this because I, I, I was watching this today and I watched a press conference from the sheriff from the town and it was, it was a whole thing. But, um, so apparently he was pulled over because the tags, either the tags were expired or the plate was expired or something. Okay. That's why he got pulled over. Thank then you. there was a conversation around um, the too many air fresheners. Then they realized there was a warrant out for him. We don't know what that warrant was. Regards um, to. Regards okay. to. And this is like, what is today? Monday at like. Happened yesterday at 2. 10, yeah. 10, right. So we're recording this Monday, 10 to 5 Eastern time. So as far as I know, I don't think there's been an indication of what the warrant was for. But what has also come out is that the officer who shot him, uh, the, the story that the police are saying is that she was intended to tase him because in the video and the, the, the police released the video right away, which is pretty phenomenal. Neither good nor bad. It's just, I'm just saying like in yeah. terms of how usually it takes for video, long it takes for video to come out. Well, with this, you know, the the microscope that the Minneapolis Police Department is under right now, it's not surprising though. And oh yeah, let's not forget this happened. This has happened ten miles away from where the Derek Chauvin trial is. Right, happening. exactly, exactly. Right? So she so attempted to tase him. So she shot a taser. So, so what happened? No, no. What happened was um, so apparently, as the as the as the uh, the sheriff described or the head of the police department, you know, they wear their guns on their right hip, their tasers on their left, and and in the video, she nope. she shouts. In the video, she shouts "Taser, Taser, Taser," and apparently that's their their procedure for when they're going to fire a Taser to let everybody know this is what's happening. So she's yelling "Taser," but then reaches for the gun. So now he's saying that this was accidental. In the heat of the moment, she got confused and reached for the gun, thinking it was a Taser. And like. Nope. Let's just let's just suspend belief for a moment and say that's the case. At some point, when you pull a gun out, you know it's a gun. You know it's a gun. It's not a taser. You you, you gotta cock that sucker. Literally two different things happening. Yeah, that, that, you, that is 
you got to cut that sucker to fire it. You are not (laughs) off the hook for that. So, well, so, by the way, even if that's the case, you still deserve to be fired. There's and still manslaughter still charges right. that should go. Yeah. For so, absolutely. so this is so apparently she's currently now on administrative leave. He's of not course. said, you know, he's like, we we have a process, we have a procedure before we determine if she's going to be fired, if charges is going to be brought. This is this is a new thing. So this is all this is all happening. But yep. again, this is. So in the video, I'm sorry, I didn't Uh watch this and I really haven't been on social media the last couple of days because I've been spring cleaning. Um, Where were there other officers near her? Yes. So what happened was, so what happened And did they scream, stop, you have a gun instead? So what, so if you watch the video, what happens is, um, you know, they go over to talk to him. They realize there's a warrant, ask him to step out of the car. They start to handcuff him. And then he decides he's going to make a run for it. So he Mm. jumps back in the car and they're trying to tussle and get him out the car. That's when she decides she's going to tase him and reaches for the gun. So the other officer was occupied and wasn't really watching her. So the the other officers are around because I think this is this is body cam footage. I'm I'm not. And there may be an element where like she just not only did she shoot and put this young man's life obviously in danger because she killed him, but. Also, the other police officers by that mistake. And there was a woman in the car. Right. right. So his girlfriend was in the car as well. And but again, <clears throat> we're seeing this trope and we we, we see this trope also yeah. being presented in the Derek Chauvin trial, you know, that that. Um, it's but how black, many and it's this a black is... person. So so we need to use excessive. Yes. Right. Because the, the question is, how many white 20 year olds have tried to get back in the car to resist arrest and tried to even drive away somebody asked, without somebody, being tased or shot? Died. Somebody died, actually right. asked this at the press conference. Right. Because um, that's the issue that yeah, we're discussing about, the, about that very question. And, and all the police chief could stand there is like just kind of nod his head. Um, but but this because there's because because. The, the record stands for itself. Apparently, there was also another uh, police-involved shooting that ended in death in the same city two years ago. So, so there's a oh, yeah. record oh, yeah. for this. And, and, yeah. and people are just... people. Are By just the way, the right Minneapolis now. Police Department is like... I mean, yeah. we didn't... Until George Floyd, we didn't discuss it a lot. But like the Minneapolis Police Department has actually had this record over and over and over oh, again. Yeah. But it's not been in the national news the way that like L.A. police, New York police, Detroit, Baltimore, like they don't get put up in the news as much because it's Minneapolis. Right. Right. You think of that as a more progressive town. You think of it as a progressive town, white liberals and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but the percentage of of I believe black people in Minneapolis is like 15 percent. Yeah, it's not. And the arrest and the arrest percentage is like north of seventy percent that that are blacks. And and it's really interesting. Like we haven't been. Our household has not been uh, watching or 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 carefully following the um, Chauvin trial. trial, The trial. And I and I that's just for some self protection insulation. Listen, today, today yes. I saw uh, I was watching um, bits. I watched bits of it off and on for the same reason. But today, his brother testified. I was in tears. Mm. Oh, Eric! Like who didn't watch that and wasn't 
wasn't in tears when his brother was testifying. So the the one that the one I did watch and the one that got me was the I I don't know all the details. I only really listen. I, I listen to NPR in the car, and I'm in the car so rarely anymore that like mm-hmm. I only get snippets of something. But yeah. it was it was I guess another black man on the scene who testified, and the the defense attorney was trying to get him riled up about being like defensive and all that, and he was calm and cool and he was like no I'm not and like no I didn't and blah 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 and like he was the defense attorney was so obviously trying to use this like angry black man trope with him you know and like just listening to that exchange like that was all I could take and I was like I really can't follow this um and I'm I'm I don't know what the answer is I do know and Ogan you know this well, more obviously better than I do, but um, I do know that I worry about my husband and I sure. am a naggy wife who says, I need you to text me when you get there and sure. I need you to text me when you're leaving. Yep. And um, we happen to have a red car and he hates driving it because yeah. red, red, just red cars stand out. They red cars stand anyway. out. And oftentimes we, he, I actually, which I prefer, but like I drive the car and he drives the minivan because like, yeah, you people like, cause you see minivans and you think safe and you think family and you think all these right. positive things. And, yeah. and, and we it's... absolutely like, I maybe would go another extra month before renewing my, you know, registration or getting my emissions. Like I need to know those cars are squeaky clean yeah. And and it's just stuff that Yeah, we 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 parents of color we we go through this for ourselves and we go through this for our our children as well. Yep. Uh you know, I've I've had to have this conversation with Joy numerous of times. You know, when I get on her for speed in, you know. Yeah, Derek does not speed. He and, will and, not. And I speed. say to her, "Listen, I'm not worried about the speeding tickets." Mm-mm. I mean, I'm not as worried about the hiking insurance rates. I'm like, you get pulled over. Yeah. You are you're in the South when you've gotten all these speeding tickets. Yeah. You are a young woman of color and you are a feisty young woman of color. Yeah. I'm worried about your life. Yes. Like part of it is <laughs> our hard. personalities, but I do most of the driving. And mm-hmm. that actually probably isn't because of our personalities, right? Sure. Like I just do most of sure. the driving. So, and, so to so back uh, to the question of, you know, what will it take to end the epidemic of police violence on, on, on black people? I mean, there's the, so, so we got to go back to remember that, that so many, so many police departments in this country were, you know, you go back a few hundred years, they, they were originally um, organized as slave catching Yep. Um, right. Groups, right? Right. Uh, to catch I runaway mean, slaves. So there's already that bias built in, and a lot of it is all and continues to be built on that. When you look at all the all the arrests records and research, and and you look at the makeup of police departments, you know, predominantly uh, white folks are police, and there's predominantly more disproportionate. Um, arrests, stops, all that sort of stuff. People of color for the same crimes relative to uh, to white people. Yep. Right. Even though statistically, you know, when it comes to like, you know, petty drugs and crimes and stuff like that, 
folks are using breaking in breaking and entering at exactly the same rate so right. they so so there's this inherent um sort of like discrimination built in to this when you look at i mean when you just look at uh for example the to tie it into the 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 capital um right, right exactly happened how many of them were off duty and former police officers yes and military or military well, right or, so, yeah so we got all that in well there. and not just that but look at what they did exactly still didn't get arrested if they right. did get arrested it was very peaceful exactly comparatively exactly. and so it's Go going to take major, massive police reform, though. Right? Exactly. Massive. So both, re both reform. And when we talk about, again, we all know this on the call, but when we talk about defunding the police, again, it's yeah. more about sending resources. It's resources. To, yes. to Reallocation of funding. It's e social exactly. work. It's, you know, exactly. I, and I did, I rarely really, I, I just don't engage a lot on social media. And this was months ago. And somebody who I, I know pretty well, um, not, you know, she's not my best friend or anything, but I know pretty well. And she posted one of these, like, support the police, blah, blah. And it had this, like, list of five things. And I, I posted underneath it. And I was like, you understand. I, I, would, I would highly encourage you to do your research around this this yeah. abolish the police idea. I said the, the name is actually unfortunate because everything you just listed wouldn't change. They're not asking. Right. There are some people who want all police forces gone everywhere, but the majority of that group isn't asking for the things that you said to be gone, right? 911 calls would still go through, <laughs> you know, like yeah. all of these things, but, yeah. but this is what it's asking. It's asking for a reallocation of resources. And a lot of police have said, yeah, actually that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, you know they don't they don't want to answer the mental health calls. They don't want to answer the mental no, health calls. No, they they they, they so, don't. And, and I think any... that's part of the reason why they're on high alert when they go because exactly they don't feel equipped to be that's trained right. in those moments. You know exactly. And if there's any indication that, uh, you know, um, certain 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 people and parties who claim to be pro police really aren't is again, look at the video of the Capitol riots. Exactly. When they're literally beating the Capitol police with the blue line, the 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 thin blue line flag. And American flags. Right, and American flags. Like like if there's, there's, if there's no other indication that this was really never about uh, police and supporting the police and more about against, you know, people of color, against, against progressive values, that's your indication right there. But it's 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 also it also has to be about um, when when we're when we're recruiting police officers when we are uh, you know who's who's signing up to become a police officer are the is the diversity of the police force reflecting the diversity in the town that yes. that police force is is located yes. and that goes for everything schools uh, you know government representation if sure. if if the diversity well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, what? it's also the issue of not just like, okay, this, I mean, which, you know, this percent of this town, let's put that percent of, you know, police officers or whatever, but it's also the training of like, so I, I feel like there needs to be one of these horrible Captain America, you know, the end of Captain America, where they show these like 
um, PSAs. And he's like, yeah. mm-hmm. what happens when a black person drives through your white suburb? You know, like, <laughs> it, like it needs to like also be this, you know, other, cause again, my guess, I, I, again, this is an assumption, right? But whatever suburb that he's driven through that has now had two shootings of right. black men within, you know, a, a short period of time, probably doesn't pull over a lot of black people. And what does that mean? And how are they trained differently? And how's the force? And again, I think one of the things that we often, and this isn't, again, none of this is anti-police. It's, it's, it's the way the training happens. It's also the way the brotherhood, and I use that term actually specifically, you know, reinforces each other. Like, um, I was reading something about how, like, not just with the Derek Chavanaugh case where like nobody sat around and questioned him because he was their superior officer, but how, um, even going back to, they were going back to Rodney King and talking about how, you know, here we have do, we do have this dash cam footage and we do have this stuff. And then everybody went back to the precinct and wrote the exact same report. Mm-hmm. And something happens between the moment it happened because not everybody participated in that moment that Rodney King was pulled over, but something happened that the loyalty to those people kicked sure. in in the writing of the report. Yeah, you gotta you gotta protect your own. And and listen, there's nothing wrong with loyalty. Nobody nobody's anti-loyalty. It's just what are you loyal to? Are you loyal right. to protect and serve truly, or are you loyal to the system? you know yeah uh, and and there's there are things like qualified immunity where you can sort of almost act with impunity if you're in law enforcement uh because there's always a a reason yeah. right you never acted without reason and right. therefore your anything you do is justified and that yeah. just can't continue right and it's been it's been hard to hear that argument um watching the the Chauvin trial exactly um, you know it's although i do i do think <sighs> I don't, I don't want to say the police force has turned on him, but I do think they're actually f- at least making a step towards yeah, yeah. saying, no, that was excessive force. Yeah. That is, in fact, the definition of excessive force. And that's the only thing in the trial so far that's, that's really given me some shred of hope. Mm. How many, how many f- folks in law enforcement were, have come forward and said that was that, yeah, and- we don't support what but that was yeah. and we've talked multiple work. times as to why George Floyd specifically was so was such a turning point. Right. What I worry about, and I'll be honest, is even if he's what you know, um held accountable. Held accountable in every way, is that the scapegoat? Great, we've done it. See, we right, did it. Exactly. Check. You know, that's yeah. my concern. Yeah. It'll be What's oh look at Derek Chauvin. We we we're we, good. No, we put him in jail. He's in jail. Right. So that makes up for the literally hundreds if not thousands of you mean, people you, you mean know. sort of like when barack obama was president so sort of post, like that so we're post-racial so we're post-racial <laughs> we had a black man and we're gonna uh, be post we're gonna be post-sexist too because uh, you know kamala harris is vice president now so we're no, good we, we will not be post-sexist until she becomes president like which that's that's what's gonna happen which you know, either way. So either way. wait, hang on. I wanna, I wanna. Oh, go ahead. Uh, a few, a uh, few comments from folks on Facebook. Uh, Tim, as Brian, I'm a little knows, afraid. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all very supportive stuff. He says, uh, as Brian knows, my daughter is Asian, and 
He says he thinks there's a similarity between police and the church protecting the institution over people. Yep. That's sure. facts, my friend. Facts. Yeah. And uh, and we have to work really hard to not make that yeah. continue to be true. Um, you know. Um, listener Attila says, I worry about Jacob when he walks two blocks to his friend's house. Um, is that is that one of your people, Brian? I yeah, that's the- a that's a member of my church, and they they have an African American son adopted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Two lot can happen in two blocks, but but I mean, I worry about my son sad. playing in my yard. You know, like it's just who was the boy that was killed trying to get into his house and uh, uh yeah, oh. I remember. I remember I, I, and I really do apologize. The names, honest to God, yeah. run together for me. But that one, because he was like 12, like I cried for weeks thinking about Thomas coming home, trying, you know, trying to get in the house. Yeah. Listen, there's a piece of me that now my kid is in college. Like I just, I just, what what is the word uh, when you, when you like suppress or just like. Yeah. 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 Like block. Like block stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a piece of me that just has to block out. Like kid's going to be okay. She's, right. she's going to be all right. I, 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 I can't obsessively worry yeah, yeah, yeah. about her. Yeah. Otherwise I will never get any sleep, but, yeah. but it's a reality. And, 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 you know, how many conversations have I have, I, I've had to have with her and, right. and she's a smart kid and, and, you know, big picture, I am really not worried about her, but at the same point in time, and part of it is, She's in Chicago, so you know it's not like it's a very like diverse some, city. Right, she's not in like some small town, like southern state that would probably cost me a little more cost to work. Which clearly, <laughs> as long as she's not in Minneapolis, she might be okay. Say. Right, there's that too. There's there's that too. So you again, know. we laugh because we don't want to cry about that. But what else can we do? What else? What else? What else I know. can we do? I know. So um, this is this is interesting, and I'd actually love to talk about this for a second. Um, sure. So, uh, uh, um, Dr. Shaquia, is that how you say it? Shaniqua? Shaniqua. Shaniqua. Thank you so much. Um, she is a black Christian woman professor, um, Dr. Walker Barnes. And she began a prayer that says, dear God, please help me to hate white people. Um, as a professor of theology who prays that, what's your immediate reaction to that? Um, and I actually, I thought a lot about this because Derek and I had a lot, um, we have these music and cocktail nights and we get a little tipsy during it. Um, maybe a lot tipsy during Shocker. it. And um, <laughs> they're great. We love them. It's like my favorite night of the, of the week. Um, Listen, I know that's y'all date night, but I want to come over. And I was yeah, we were, we were actually just discussing. <laughs> we were actually just discussing like now that it's some or getting to be nice out. Who can we invite into the circle, like to do this with us and whatever? So, Avon, you are welcome to come. Show and, us your vaccine passport. Um, and we'll once we once we get we the guest bed back, I'm good. Because it's it's definitely one that like you got to stay. There's a sleepover. There's yeah, a you got to sleep over. <laughs> like you're not going home after this. I love it. Um, but anyway, we started. This was so horrible, but this is such a drunk conversation. But we started ranking white women in the, like there's there's um there's the Karens and the Beckys, and then there's the Amy's, right? The Amy's that Amy Cooper that calls the police on 
but oh, like is actually progressive. And then we kind of had this sub category of like errands, which is a very small percentage, which like I fit into the errand category, this right? Is, which is I like- have a very, I have a very close, amazing friend named Amy. So I'm, I'm going to stick up for the Amy's. <laughs> It's just it's there's just exception to everyone. I know. I, hey, a, I'm just saying. Well, like, tell us more about the Aaron. Right? What's the Aaron category that you fit in? The Aaron category is the like you've really done all the work you can possibly do, and you're still a white woman. You're still white. Like you're just still white. You know, you're still white, and you're still a white lady who just. Oh my god. That's hilarious. just that's as good as it gets right there. Um. And so what I understand about this, and I don't want to, I, I won't assume, but just hearing that opening, what I hear in that is I have to be on guard all the time. And I need you, God, I need your help because if I'm not on guard all the time, then I will be hurt or someone I love will be hurt in ways that you know maybe could have been prevented and that's what i hear in that um and this is not like my friend jason jason's been on the show if, was he on last week was that just it last was week? just last it was just week. last week so jason jason is often accused on twitter of hating white people uh-huh. because he often as a white man talks about like we need to be accountable and we need right. you know whatever this is not me hating white people. I just, I get why a black woman would need to pray that prayer to keep herself safe. And even, even if that's emotionally safe, if that makes any sense. It it, it is because if you read the whole prayer, right, context is everything. And just to pull out that line and, and, you know, credit, credit to her for starting it that way to get the attention. Right. But when you read the whole prayer, here's the line that stands out for me. She says, stop me from striving to see the best in people. Stop me from being hopeful that white people can do and be better. Right. There's this piece of her that is clearly saying, I am, I am tired of standing in faith and getting my hopes up about this system changing only to be disappointed day after day after day after day. Right. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But the nature of who I am is to love and have faith and to trust. So I'm right. in this place of being torn of it's my nature to do this. And I keep getting disappointed and I am exhausted. So the solution is to, is to not be in that place of faith and and to just do the hate thing. So it's it's really that that's not where she is, but she's she's really just speaking to the exhaustion and the frustration that every single person of color feels, every single person who is queer feels, every single woman feels in the sexist world, everyone who is on the margins, who is not a like white heterosexual male, no offense, Brian, um, you know, to that 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 feels the frustration of I'm still an Aaron at the end of the day. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Being discriminated against is just like 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 what else what else do we got left? Right. So that's what this whole yeah. prayer is really about. It's a it's a manifesto of sorts for the people for for those of us who who are like we're just so tired. It's 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 just hate would be easier we've talked hate about this a million easier. times right yes exactly. hate would be so much easier than this back and forth feeling right. this 
exhaustion, this, you know, like, um, and again, I, I think it's important. We, we need to start talking about whiteness as a group, the way that we talk about black people, Asian people, you know, the way that we group other people, mm -hmm. white people still haven't grasped this concept that we are grouped as well, whether or not like I fit into that group as a whole doesn't matter. I'm still grouped. Right. We, we watched last night, we were, um, we watched a movie. Um, we watched, oh, we watched the U S versus Billy holiday. Um, mm which yeah, is beautifully acted and beautifully sung, by the way. I and watched then, uh, Come Into America. Oh my God, not, <laughs> we watched not, that a couple weeks not ago. Not getting those two hours back. <laughs> no, no, you're not. But then we, we had a little extra time and I watch, um, all three of us watch Outlander. So I've been watching the Men in Kilt series, which yeah. is Sam and Graham going around Scotland. And, and I'm going to Scotland in um, September and my ancestry, there's a little bit of, Irish and Scotland, obviously in there. And we, we just, we watched an episode and Derek just, we started having this conversation of, he's like, you know, what people don't understand is like, it's not that I want to take away there's, but there's so much knowledge of Scotland, of the heritage of Scotland. There's literally records going back centuries and centuries. He's like, it's not that I want that to stop or that I don't want you to have that. It's that I just kind of want it myself. Yeah. And I can't even go back 200 years without the records being lost. Right. Yeah. You know, in my, in, yeah. in my family. Yeah. And he's like, it's, it's, if it's not that I, we just know so much about white you know, history. I've, we know so much about it. I've wanted to do that myself and I haven't. And I, and, and I really did some soul searching a few weeks ago <clears throat> to ask myself, why don't I do the ancestry thing? Why don't I do mm -hmm. that? And part of it is I am afraid of the disappointment I will feel when that trail stops cold, just going back. Just going back. Yeah. 300 years. Like, like, I mean, all listen. it's going to bring up for me is, is, is the, 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 the horror of knowing that, that um, my ancestors as people of color Yep. were treated as less than human treated as property and it doesn't matter i will never have that and again i'm making this whole story up yep. i might be one of the lucky well, ones who can trace it all the way back but there's part of me that doesn't even want you know talk about this please hate white people there's a part of me that doesn't even want to put myself up for that level of disappointment so i just won't do it so derek derek did it we we did it a couple years ago we did it together um just because i if he's going to do it, I wanted to do it. I was just curious. You know, none of, none of mine was surprising, right? Because I sure. can trace back all kinds of ways. Although what was interesting is, which I knew, um, my family have been in this country from anywhere from two to three generations. His families have been in this country for eight to nine plus, Ooh. right? So talk about this. Like, I know when my family's immigrated, like, and it wasn't, it was actually within the 20th century, both of them um, on both sides. But like, mm -hmm. he goes back a long time before that. And yet, you know, there are people that would say, go back to your own country when like my family hasn't been here. Yeah, nearly a as quarter long. of the time that his family has, you know. Um, but what's really interesting, so I'm like, 
39% Irish, uh, Scottish, UK, you know, that area. His sister, his half sister, almost the same percentage. Like her number one was Britain, Ireland, Scotland. And it was almost the same percentage. So we, it was, a, it became a joke in their family that like Sybil and I are closely, more closely related than Derek. You know, I was like, welcome sister. You know, I'm like, we, yeah. we just, it became a joke between us, but it's also a really hard thing to face. Cause you know, that a lot of that blood is not in your system or once upon a time, it did not get there out of love, you know? Yeah. And that's a hard reality to see on paper. You may know it in your head, you know that's a possibility, but it's a really hard reality to see on paper. So yeah, I can understand why a black woman would pray a prayer. Like, God, no, I really, I need to hate. I need that in my life. I, I get it. I yeah, just- and I, I, and I think that's what gets the gets people going is because people would expect the reverse. God, please help me to not hate white people. Right. And it's that reverse that just like pe catches people off guard. But like Ogan said, that's why you got to give her credit because it, the raw authenticity and the everything that you endure as a woman of color in this country, like is coming out so honestly. And that's what the Psalms often are. So it's, 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 I give her all kinds of credit. It's a prayer I mean, it's lament. It's yeah. powerful. It's a prayer lament that's a thousand percent scriptural, a thousand percent. So uh, she she blogged about it, actually, about all the pushback. And, and I want to read from it. What she says is, in all truth, my familial and personal experiences of racism have given me thousands, maybe even millions of reasons to hate white people. It could easily be seen as justified and I could find biblical precedent for it, precedent for it. But damn it, if God hasn't given me a different spirit, one that insists on looking for goodness and possibility, yeah. one that holds holy rage and holy hope together. Many Black women can connect to that prayer, especially those of us who labor for justice within and beyond the church. Loving people who are committed to hating us, to disenfranchising us, incarcerating us, and abusing us in myriad other ways is hard. And still we persist. Mm. And that's, that's exactly. it. That's it right there. That's it. You, you, you know, that's it. So to, 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 in the face of that sort of hatred and discrimination to say, to say, I, I want to be seen valued and held in that place of equality without returning the hate. Like that, that takes more than, yes. than to hate. Absolutely. Absolutely. That takes more. And like, I think it's just, we often talk about God meeting people where they are. This is where she is. But what, what's, who said it? It was, I mean, it was said long ago, but it's the, it's only that black people are looking for equality, not um, uh, reciprocation. Or, or, yeah. And, and it's, it's that idea, right? right? Like I, I, I want, I, again, I, I think she spoke that beautifully. And, yeah, wrote yeah, people that often will say you're looking for special treatment or special rights. Like that's what we heard locally when people were trying, when we were working to pass. Uh, just want the same. Just, want the same. just the same. Yes. Yeah. Just the same. 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 Um, and she also writes in the in the blog, she goes a little bit of background about the prayer. I wrote it in a heated moment. 
Absolutely. A white, a white person, someone whom I would have called a friend, dropped the N word in a casual conversation. Yeah. And I and and you know, so it triggers not her. only and, has it happened yeah. obviously to my husband, it has happened before. And Brian, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like as a and in white company and with other white people, and you're going, I have to say something, but it's also like then I have to leave because I'm no longer welcome here. You know, it's, it's, it's not, we, we need to stop pretending that all of that is rare. Like we need to stop pretending that that is a select few. Um, And, and it's infuriating. And can we link to that, Ogan? Can you link to that on the page? I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, take a breath. <laughs> it's just another light episode here at Pop Theology. I'm so glad I had two beers. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, there we go. oh, so wait, uh, um, I, I do have to make a plug um, for um, tonight. And you can jump in at any time, but tonight on my new uh, online platform, Project Sanctus, we're starting a new book study. It's called 400 Souls. And uh, if you've not seen this book or read this book, you probably need to get it. So basically, um, Ibram Kendi, who is who wrote How to Be Anti-Racist, and um, what is her name? I got to look it up and give her the props. But um, she, uh, he and this other woman, they are co-editors. And basically what they did is they got 90, 90 Black writers to each uh, take a five-year segment from 1619 to 2019 and basically write the Black American story. Mm. Um, Keisha Keisha Blaine, um, she wrote "Set the World on Fire," um, and and it's an amazing prose. There's there's like some you know like historical essays. There's poetry. There's like you know fictional accounts based on history. It's a very it's a very uh, uh, diverse styles of writing. But it really just paints this picture of of the evolution of the Black American story, which is, you know, the part of the American story again that we don't hear a lot about. But it's a fact. But as I'm reading this, my most of my response and reaction is like, oh, well, that explains how what we're experiencing today is happening. This right. explains the laws on the books. This explains why. It, there hasn't been the change that so many people have been calling for for decades and decades and decades. Um, it's a very eye-opening book. But anyways, uh, we are starting a book study tonight for the next, I think, five or six weeks. Um, you can jump in anytime. Uh, ProjectSanctus.com is where that is because like, we feel it's important that if the, the I truly think that the only way change is going to come when you talk about, you know, we asked you a question, how do we change like, you know, police violence and, and stuff like that. I don't think people are really going to be advocates for change. A lot of people until they realize truly how we got here and why we got here. Right. And to realize that so many of the structures are, are built on racist ideology, you know, and, and this, this book and these stories really illuminate that. So, you know, for all you listening, if you really want to jump into some deeper um, knowledge, history um, around this. Um, I'd invite you to join join the book group. Again, you can jump in anytime you want. That's my plug. Thanks, Ogan. Fantastic. 
Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests. You can listen to our pre and post show banter in all its glory. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started and big thank you and shout out to our current patrons. You can of course tune in anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or Google podcasts. You can watch us live at a new time Wednesdays on Facebook around uh, four or four fifteen Eastern. Uh, so if you want to watch the conversation as well as listen, you can do that. And if you'd like to begin or find a local conversation group in your town, visit pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I really did miss the way you said conversations. <laughs> I'm glad I can feel that way. <laughs> like every week when i said it in my head i just heard you say it i'm conscious of it and i'm trying not to do it but i just i'm like it's too much work to try to say it different than no no i be if you, you said man. it differently i would be so sad be you i don't think i watched you drink your beer once maybe i was just too preoccupied but me yeah look yeah. <laughs> look it's almost done i'm working on it My kids, it's I, a widowmaker, so I don't want to take it literally and just sure. Yeah, no, my obviously my kids came home in the middle of this and like I painted the front like step and I was like, oh my god, I forgot to tell them to go through the garage and I was like, did you step in wet paint? And they're like, no, it's all dry. I'm like, oh thank god. <laughs> no, there's their footsteps are all through the house. All right, exactly. <laughs> god. Oh, Ugh, what was man. I thinking? <laughs>